okay, whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Oh! Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Yeah. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the hump day really big barbecue show. You know, there's a lot of pressure laying on me as one man operating a empire of barbecue and grilling talk show broadcastism. One of those responsibilities is hitting the little connect button that allows you to see this video. And sometimes when you don't do it, <laughs> nothing happens. I talk for three or four minutes. It's fun and hilarious, and you don't get to see it, and then I get to start all over again and hope that I was just as funny as I was three minutes ago, which typically doesn't happen. Uh, welcome to the show. This is the outdoor live fire cooking and grilling show where we talk about barbecue and grilling. We are broadcasting live and direct from Amy, Ed, Hannah, and AJ's house in Wycliffe, Ohio. Uh, came in so close to the barbecue or to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city, uh, but I think is one A one B as far as uh, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. It Wycliffe has that going for it. Plus, potentially uh, sometime in 2019, the Rempies could be a resident. Son of a all right, uh, you want to jump in on the show tonight, you can call toll-free 877 You can also email the show if you would like to, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Everything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the website, thebbqcentralshow.com, and here's what's happening. Coming up in about 10 minutes from now, a weekly segment, fresh off his trip at the World Food Championships. He was a judge there. So we'll be able to get his recount to Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue, for his weekly segment, Ask Dr. Barbecue. And uh, helping me round out the balance of the first and only hour of the Wednesday show, the winner of the World Food Championships overall, cashing in $50,000, Dave Elliott, pitmaster of Porky McBeef and the Cluckers. Still was funny the third time. Say it all day long. Porky McBeef and the Cluckers. It really, when you think about it, covers uh, all the aspects of competitive barbecue. A Porky, pork, so you have the pork butt and the ribs, McBeef, which is brisket, and the cluckers, which is chicken. So, I mean, just right there, you got all four categories in a three-word name, I believe. Way to go, Dave. You know damn well, I'm going to be asking Dave, how you came up with the name Porky McBeef and the Cluckers. It's got to be one of the best names ever. I could just say it all day long. Uh, so that's what we have going on here in the uh, first hour of the show. And then, of course, there is no second hour, so I'll be going home. Uh, look, if you're watching the show right now, do me a solid. Make a Facebook post, uh, tweet it out on the Twitter that you're watching the show, uh, or make a, a group email, however you like to do it. Send them these links. If everybody likes to watch the show on the computer, OutdoorCookingChannel.com is a place to go. Uh, if it's only audio that you can get to through a smart device or a tablet or something of that nature, uh, just give them my website, TheBBQCentralShow.com. And if you have Internet Protocol Television via the Roku, download the Outdoor Cooking Channel app right there on the uh, out the Roku store, and then the first option you have is the live option. So uh, you can watch me in glorious high definition. 
if you can use the words me and glorious high definition in the same sentence. It's debatable, I'll be honest. Um, so number of ways to consume the show. You do it as uh, what works best for you, and I'm just happy to have you aboard. If you missed the show last night, I can't really get into it because I blew the first four minutes of the show because I'm an idiot. Uh, but, A, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to it at your convenience if you've missed it. Of course, you can subscribe to the show through iTunes uh, for the audio stuff. You can get YouTube videos on YouTube for the uh, Barbecue for You channel. Outdoor Cooking channel also has the replays. And, of course, you can get everything ever made for uh, archives in the Barbecue Central show right here on my website as well. So, um Whatever you like, you go get it. We had Darren Worth from Iowa Smoky D's. We talked about him winning the second annual Kingsford Invitational. And uh, after Darren, we had Brad Orson from The Shed, who was a judge about the Kingsford Invitational. That was the second year in. And from his, his Brad's discussion, a lot of different winners. Last year, Yazoo's Delta Q pretty much ran the table. They won outdoor cooking. or they. <laughs> They won the one-by challenge, and then the following night they won a brisket, they won pork, and they won ribs. So it was pretty much a walk-away, easy 50 grand for Yazoo's Delta Q last year. But this year, a little bit different. Everybody had their fingers in the pot, winning three or four different teams, were winning different categories, so it really kind of came down to the end, and Iowa Smokey D's was able to pull off the overall victory and cashing that big, large check for $50,000 as well. And uh, as we all know, Darren been having a tremendous year so far. Number of grand championships, back that by a number of reserve grand championships. Plus, we talked a little bit about his partner, Shad Curtin, a boy in his barbecue, who was his uh, business partner with Iowa Smoky D Restaurants. You know, between the two of them, they've either come in second or first or won a lot of the major competitions this year. So uh, that's kind of a, a cool and unique fact about Darren and his partner. So uh, go back and check the show out. When we got in the second hour, we did a lot of World Food Championship stuff recap. We talked with Chadley Von Ward of Whiskey Bend Barbecue, and then we also talked with George Shore of Pitmaker. Um, George and his team, Pitmaker, won the barbecue portion of that. So they won $10,000 uh, for winning that aspect of the competition. They moved to the final table but uh, ended up getting edged out by Dave Elliott and Porky McBeef and the Cluckers. Uh, so we'll get Dave's insight on that a little bit later here in the show. Uh, so that's what you missed if you missed it. Now, if you have been, this is a big, it's kind of a big, it's kind of a big deal. Pay attention. If you have been looking for quality meats, you know, the briskets, the pork butts, the ribs, steaks, the good high-end stuff that a lot of folks have been turning to the past few years, let me give you some breaking news right here. Very soon, I will have a spot on my website where you can get your hands on these items. That's right, one of the most trusted retailers in the country Dealing with these products, we have finalized a deal between us, and I hope to have some updates to my website to reflect that. Uh, how does this benefit you? Good question, because I know it's all about you and has nothing to do with me. One, I have done all of the legwork here, vetting the company out, so you can be confident that when you're dealing uh, with these people that are reputable, they're not going to steal your money and then ram it up the backside and laugh at you and all this great stuff. So I've done you know, that security portion of work for you. Number two, no more chasing all over the Internet in order to find a place that has all the stuff under one roof. You don't have to go to X processor and then B processor and then C processor to get all of this stuff. It's all like a one-stop shop. It's all been taken care of for you as well. Now, while you hear it thrown about like so much human feces, my meat partner has legit Kobe beef available. Limited, 
expensive, but available. So don't fall for the other gimmicks or marketing hype that you see out there. This is the real deal. I mean, it is expensive, but if you want to get your hands on it, you know, don't fall for the um, the gimmicks and the hoodwink and tomfoolery that runs amok on the internet with the word Kobe, and we're going to talk to Ray Lampy about that as well. So when I get the final items nailed down, I'll let you know where to go on my website in, uh, in order to make those initial orders, get the best meats available. Social media is where it will most likely happen first, but it will also be on the newsletter, the website, so on. Very excited to be able to bring you men and women of the barbecue and grilling world an outlet for some great meat. <laughs> Keep your eyes open, as this will be rolling out very soon. All right, and uh, with that, we'll go ahead and quickly break. Um, you know, aside from this meat partnership that I've been uh, able to put together, if you are a company that is looking for some exposure, you maybe offer a product, maybe offer a service to the barbecue and grilling community, you want to get right in front of a market that has a built-in interest in what we do uh, here on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, might I recommend for your consideration a advertising partnership with yours truly right here on the Wednesday show. You can say, hey, I'm an advertiser on the Hump Day Barbecue Show. Go over like hotcakes. Um, again, target market. Again, people that have a definite interest in probably whatever it is you have to offer or would at least uh, be willing to look at it. Um, we can put together a plan for you that will work. Uh, now, while I can never guarantee sales per se, I can guarantee that what I will offer you I will execute in uh, nothing but high professionalism. Uh, ask all the advertisers on the Tuesday show what I'm like to deal with. And aside from saying I'm an incorrigible a-hole, they will say he does what he says, and uh, ROI is pertinent and forthcoming. So uh, if you have any questions, feel free to give me an email, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Uh, you can also call me, 877-448-0433. Leave a message because that's the Skype line, and I'll get back to you and answer all of your questions. So, uh, yeah, what can I tell you? You got something for the barbecue and grilling world? Do you want to get outside the box and think about how to do it? Podcasting, baby, 50,000 downloads a month. Can't be wrong. Right. And now we're coming back with Ray Lampy right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQ Central Show. Survey Wednesday question, folks. We haven't done this in a while. Everybody in the instant chat, weigh in in just a few seconds. Are tacos and burritos friends? <laughs> you know, it's pertinent questions like this that make me ever lo- so looking forward to moving to the city of Wickham. Are tacos and burritos friends? Can they get along? Hey, can burritos and tacos be friends? I don't know. Let's go to the experts. Uh, Don Geiger says friends. Absolutely. So uh, Don G has been a loyal centralite for many years, and if he says that it is a friendship that must reign supreme from between the two of them, who might argue? So be it. 
Friends they are. Friends they are. All right. And now we got to get uh, we got to get over to my main man. You know what time it is, right? Well, I'll show you what time it is here in a second. Just uh, hold on. Let's get into this. questions about barbecue or grilling maybe as a hobby or even a business looking to get an expert's point of view why not ask dr barbecue you can submit your questions by clicking on the ask dr barbecue tab on the website the doctor is in here's ray lampy with his nurse greg rimpy dr barbecue all right just like that it is time for our weekly Ask Dr. Barbecue segment and uh, Ray Lampy joining us here on the show. Ray, how are you, buddy? I'm good, Greg. How about yourself? I'm doing absolutely fabulous, Ray. Appreciate you asking. And, you know, we're uh, finding you. Oh, geez, I jumped right off the screen that I should have had you on. And there we go. We got to have the fire underneath us. So it's like we're roasting like two human marshmallows. Very, uh, very pyrotechnic. Um, so uh, it's the World Food Championships that has really dominated the second half hour or the second hour of the show yesterday. Uh, we had some uh, Chad Ward recap. Uh, he cooked in it a little bit. Uh, we also had some Pitmaker recap. Obviously, they did very well on the barbecue side of things. Uh, fell short of the overall. Uh, but, you know, one, two were uh, well, technically one, two. Uh, and I guess three were all barbecue guys in some form or fashion. Uh, they didn't necessarily win with the barbecue, but they are barbecue guys. You had a little different aspect. We talked about it a little bit uh, going out of last week into uh, this coming or this past weekend, which was uh, you were going to be playing a judging role. So, um, you know, probably 15 different places that we could start and things that you can recap. But, you know, from a general sense, when you got out there, how did the weekend kind of unfold for you, and how did you find the events? Oh, well, I mean, in general, the location was great. If you've ever been on Fremont Street, you know, it's a little bit different. It's old-school Las Vegas, but they set up 30 kitchens, full kitchens. Kenmore brought in all these appliances, and that was right there, and there was a stage that we used primarily for the uh, World Food Championship right there, and it was just a cool deal. We were all staying at the hotels right there. So you'd walk through a casino and run into somebody too at Starbucks, at the bar. And then there was events that popped up. Wright Bacon was there as a sponsor. They had a party one night at a, a kind of a, a hoity-toity bar. But it was very cool. They made a bacon cocktail. Uh, um, the Bison Council was there. They had a party one night. There was a big party that the World Food Championship put on, one welcome party poolside at the golden nugget that was really cool it was just it, it really shaped up as an event i thought much nicer um and boy the thing's got a lot of legs i mean the barbecue event is still unfortunately so big that it has to have its own area but in general i thought the thing shaped up as an event really nice i i had a great time uh you were there last year as well right right yes i was all right so comparing the uh the infant of last year to now the toddler of this year, uh, did you see like noticeable leaps and bounds? Were there you know logistical gaps and shortcomings last year that they were able to tighten up, or uh, you know how did you see it from one year to the next? I guess. Well, last year it was almost hard to see it to as a one event because it was so scattered. Uh, around valleys, and it couldn't help it. It was just the logistics of being at one of those big casinos. They And, of course, they wanted to funnel everyone through the casino as opposed to letting them walk along the sidewalk on the side. So it was just logistically, it was hard to really even 
grasp that it was one event. I, I don't know how else to say that. Um, it looked like a whole bunch of little events at one place. Now, the award ceremonies would come together, but again, it was so big and so far apart. There was no central location. Uh, I, I thought it was really scattered last year. This year, so you couldn't really, I, I don't know how to answer because I didn't really have much of a feel for it last year. This year, completely different in my opinion. It was very much circled in as an event. Uh, pretty much centrally located was this outdoor kitchen area and, and a judging tent right with it. And what they did was they had two or three events each day there. They had sandwich, burger, recipe, dessert, and whatever the other one, bacon, all in these kitchens. Chili and barbecue had their own area. That's just kind of the way it goes. But so it was very much, if you stayed in that same area, you would have saw five events and all of the award ceremonies and, and, and all the demonstrations and everything else that went along with it. And frankly, it was such a cool spot right in the middle of Fremont Street with that cover overhead and all the casinos. And, and there was a really great little taco joint a couple doors down that I went to on a regular basis. Bars everywhere. Fremont Street is very much like going to Bourbon Street or, or Duval Street or Beale Street now. There's just bars on the street. And it, man, it was just so. In my opinion, logistically, it came together beautifully. Now, I can't speak to every little thing that happened. I'm sure there's competitors that had gaps and problems along the way. But the big picture, I think it came miles and miles. All right, so as far as you judging, obviously there was a lot of uh, things to take your attention or to keep your attention that maybe didn't have anything to do with the event itself, uh, except they were parties and they were promotions. Hey, that's great, good time. But when it actually came for you to put in work and do the judging stuff, what were you involved in? <laughs> I judged five of the seven final tables. Wow. Five of the seven final tables on Saturday. We, it was a, you know, for TV is why we did it. There were three judges, myself, Ben Vaughn, and Whitney Miller, who won MasterChef the first year. Uh, the three of us were like the, the omnipresent judges. So the only way they could really figure to do it was to have us judge all of the events, which was kind of crazy, but it was only really, there was no other way to do it. You know? So we had to sample all this food. So we sampled 50 entries on Saturday. But it was cool because I got to sample you know, the top 10 in all five of those categories. So it really can speak to what the food was looking like. It was pretty cool. From a culinary perspective, did the turn-ins exceed you in every mark? Uh, were there a handful of ones that were eh and a handful of ones that were, like, blowing your mind off? Uh, by and large, how did you find the answers? Yeah, it was pretty much like that. I, would say. I found some that were really surprisingly... Uh, week and others that were surprisingly kick-ass. Uh, now, by the third day, these competitors had really worked hard. I mean, they had to cook two dishes on either Thursday or Friday, and then Saturday they had to cook a new dish, a third one, and they gave them each a little bit of a curveball. In the sandwich category, their, their secret ingredient was fish. In the burger category, their secret ingredient was A1. In uh, in the recipe, which was actually pasta for this year, their secret ingredient was bison. So they really had some, some you know, different things to work with. So was, some people really excelled at it, and others it appears, appears to have blown their minds, and they didn't know what to do. Let's, for example, the recipe category was pasta, 
and they had to use some bison. Well, okay, well, that's not an unreasonable combination, I don't think. And I, and I think it's kind of cool to challenge them a little bit. Some people really got it and integrated the pasta nicely in like a ragu or something with their pasta. Other people made fettuccine alfredo and laid a sliced steak on top of it. You know, it, it didn't, uh, they were a little bit, apparently didn't get it. Uh, in sandwich with fish, we saw, there was, I'd say, at least three entries that someone made their favorite salmon dish that they serve at home and just put it on a bun. Huh. Um, it was okay, but it was just kind of weird. I've never had a salmon sandwich like that. It seemed a little weird to me. They were like trying to force fit. On the other hand, there was there was a like a grouper sandwich with like a curry salsa on it that was great. So it was really, it was all over the board. And the most interesting category to me was bacon. Because there's just no real footprint for bacon, you right, know. Right. They were tasked with using duck in combination with the bacon for Saturday. But I don't think that's a bad combination at all. I can think of some things I would have done, and some of them really made some killer stuff. Uh, there was two egg rolls that had duck and bacon in them that were great. Uh, there was a there was a giant croquette kind of a thing made by, I found out later, by Hash House at Go-Go, like a big <laughs> duck, kind of a Kiev, like a big duck breast wrapped around some cheese and, and bacon and uh, with breaded in panko and deep fried. Oh. I mean, the thing was, it was great. One guy made a sort of a duck chicken fried steak. He pounded out a piece of duck breast and fried it like a chicken fried steak and served it on top of a really thick slice of bacon. I mean, I'd order that in a restaurant. It was great. Uh, you know, but bacon was, you know, who knows what guys are going to make. So it was really, there was some fun stuff. It was very cool. Ray Lampy joining us here on the show, recounting his time at the World Food Championships as a judge. Uh, I guess we'll fast forward uh, so we can hit some questions as well while we have some time. But well, hang on, hey, let's talk about barbecue though. Oh wait, no, barbecue. I wasn't. I wasn't done yet. I wasn't done yet. Uh, okay. When we uh, when we get to you know the uh, the barbecue aspect of it, so top ten in the uh, it was what brisket and ribs and uh, pork. pork, right? Uh, so top ten, move on to the next day, correct? Yes. Okay, so it's like three quarters almost of a, a traditional KCBS contest, and they leave the chicken off the board. Well, I think that was because oh, they wanted to, I guess, simplify it a little bit. But there's some places where they don't cook chicken, and do we make it chicken halves or chicken thighs or, uh, you know, I don't know. I wasn't involved in that process, but I don't think it's a I, I, you know, I don't, anybody that really wants chicken in there, well, sorry. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So uh, when the top 10 move on, how are they advancing through to try and get to that final table? Well, I think it's a KCBS competitor series contest on Friday. Yeah. What they did Thursday, they did a Rancher's Reserve beef contest and a side dish contest, which I don't know anything about what happened over there. And Friday, it was a KCBS competitor series with those three categories. And the top ten then move on to the World Food Championship system on Saturday. And then what were they doing on Saturday? Was it the uh, the anything but? Um, that's what I would call it. I never really saw the rules or what how it was determined. But I can tell you by what was in front of me, it was anything but. And... Pitmaker goes from uh, ninth overall the night before, and pretty much, well, not only pretty much, just hop, uh, leapfrogs everybody to finish first in the barbecue category after the second day, and no less doing it with 
I guess, a simple but expertly cooked chicken half, which is how they do it for the majority of those guys in the Texas area. You know, a lot of IBCA doing down there. And in that contest situation, it's always half chickens. There's no garnish. So uh, from what I heard and from all accounts, that chicken was spectacular. It really was, yeah. I, I, I figured it was a Texan. Um, so I'm sitting there. The way they do it is very much like KCBS. So you got the 10 entries in front of me. If you look at some of the pictures on my Facebook page, I don't think – well, there is a picture of the barbecue stuff, but it's not on our plates yet. Um, the, yeah, so I'm sitting there with a, a half of an orange with two pieces of some sort of beef on there, maybe a tri-tip or something. I've got a, a rack of lamb. I've got a couple of slices of tri-tip. I've got a slice of prime rib. I've got at least one beef tenderloin, maybe two. I got two pork belly entries. There's a scallop stuffed with salmon. I mean, it's a and there's this big kick-ass half a chicken. I'm sure it's a Texas guy. I had no clue who it was. <laughs> I hadn't really had time to spend with the Texans with the barbecue guys, but it was pretty sure that was a Texan that turned that half chicken in and kind of an interesting idea. You know, it was fun sitting there looking at this like, wow, what, you know, how do you even start? Um, but what I'll tell you, what I, my impression of why it won, um, it, it wasn't a cold day, but it wasn't hot. But the stuff, you know, like a typical contest, it's out on a plate and it's sitting there for a little while. And um, I later learned that the rack of lamb that le- was Leanne's that came in second. Um, but so I ate the, the thing on an orange, which looked a little crazy. And, and But it was good. Actually, I was kind of surprised. And Famous Dave had this whole routine where he squeezed the orange juice on it. And loved it. And then we went out to the rack of lamb. With the rack of lamb was really good, and so on and so on. But anyway, the rack of lamb was delicious, but it was not very hot. It had been sitting there for a little bit. You know, rack of lamb, you're going to want to eat that as soon as it comes off of the rack. I can tell you, I personally, and I would bet most of the other judges, did not take that into account. We judged it as it as it was. We didn't think, well, gee, this, this person didn't try to get it hot. You knew right. the situation. Yep. I don't think that was a problem at all. But when you get to the chicken half, it's still hot and juicy and fresh because it's a big-ass chicken half. It was a really smart move on their part, I think, to do that. You had to get it perfect, but man, they did. It was really good. I, I can tell you I had a half, and I, I cut some off of the leg, and I tasted it, and I thought it was really good. And then I cut some out of the white meat like I would if I was judging in Texas and it was really good and then I went a little deeper into the white meat make sure it was cooked all the way down there like I should and I did and I'm telling you this thing was kick ass uh (laughs) it was really good now famous Dave was bitching something about that the skin was rubbery I didn't think it was um it was not crispy skin but it was I did not get have a problem with the skin at all I think that thing was perfectly cooked and it you know would it have won if, if everything would have been ten seconds off the off the cutting board? Um, I don't know, but it, it would have had a serious shot. It's not like it couldn't have competed with a hot rack of lamb and a hot piece of tenderloin. The, the thing was really good. So that ends up winning the uh, barbecue portion. They're then uh, springboarding into the overall for World Food Championship domination. And here's what I find interesting. You know, you just said how. You know, it, it was smart, whether they meant to or not, but you have a whole half chicken, so it's able to retain heat because it's a big piece. Uh, things that are cut up, things that are smaller, obviously are going to lose heat a lot more quickly. In the finals, Ray, they do brisket, and it's a slice. And from what I understand, it was turned in like an hour before you guys even got a taste of it. So while they seem to be smart in advance of the finals, 
man, slicing that brisket, going up against cake, which is going to be great at room temperature no matter what. <laughs> Does that kind of screw them in the end that you think? Because you look at it at first blush and you're like, how the hell is cake going to beat brisket? Well, when I heard they were turning in brisket, I thought it was a mistake. I would have turned in those same kick-ass chicken ass. Now, I didn't, I didn't judge the final table. Um, for whatever reason, they had famous Dave in there, and they didn't think him and I would both, you know, would be a. <laughs> I hate to say that we're kind of the same, but we're kind of the same to, yeah. to the lay. So, which was fine. I had judged plenty. I was happy to not be, that didn't bother me at all. So, I, I can't say I didn't actually eat this stuff. I can't tell you exactly how long that stuff sat around, but I can tell you I've been in many situations like that on TV and in competitions like this. I would, and if they didn't anticipate it sitting around, they made a big mistake because they had seen it the day before. It, you know, anyone should have known that stuff was going to sit around. So I think, yeah, I, I thought it was a huge mistake on their part, um, and I told them that they thought they should have turned in chicken. Um, but you know, those guys are from Texas, man. What do you think they're going to do? You know, yeah. I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I don't blame them for doing it. That's what they do. Um, and hell, they came in second. That was pretty good. But with the chicken, the chicken might not have came in second. Who knows? It might not have gotten the respect among those final table judges that it did among the people that were judging barbecue. The barbecue judges was, oh, Carolyn Wells was down there and famous Dave and Mike Wozniak. And, you know, I mean, there was there was some pretty serious barbecue judges there, along with some chefs and, and stuff. Uh, so I, I think that they've got the respect that it deserved on that plate in the barbecue tent. Don't know, you know, I now would Robin Leach have thought a chicken even had a chance in hell. Uh, would he have expected it to be like a roasted chicken from a French restaurant and been disappointed that it w wasn't, um, you know what I mean? I, I don't know. It's hard to say. They might not have came in second if they turned in the chicken, but I sort of thought they should have. Ray Lampy joining me here on the show. Uh, we do a weekly segment called ask Dr. Barbecue. You can find uh, that website at askdrbbq.com if you have a, ch a question that you would like to submit. Uh, Ray, can we do one question here before I turn you loose tonight? Yeah, sure, Greg. All right, this is from Steve Ray, and he wrote, uh, Greg, can you please ask Dr. Barbecue how to grill, not smoke, chicken thighs on the big green egg without getting them charred? I've tried a couple of different times, but the skin gets black and I get a lot of flare-ups. The taste is pretty good. But the presentation is lacking. Thanks in advance. Love the show. So what do we do about uh, charring the chicken thighs on the big green egg? Well, if you want to grill them direct, and I don't think that's a bad way to go, I'd do it. Yeah. I, I suspect he might be using a traditional barbecue rub that's going to have a bunch of sugar and, and ch chili powder and paprika in there. And that's always going to be a problem, trying to grill direct with something like that. Um, because he, he, you know, he should, I'm assuming he knows how to cook on his egg and he's, you know, is confident with it. You shouldn't be able to, you should be able to control the fire and not be able to burn up the chicken. So I, you know, keep the temp down a little bit longer. What I do typically, if I'm going to grill direct, start out nice and slow, start out at 250 and let the chicken get warmed up a little bit. Let it get kind of getting to where it's about half cooked through and then open the vents up a little bit and run it up to 350 or so and you'll get that char but you'll have the inside cooked so that I, that's how i cook chicken direct on the egg a lot however the nature of cooking pieces of chicken direct they're going to get a little crispy it's kind of how it goes but i suspect you might be using a rub with a little bit of sugar and chili powder and paprika in there and i i'd stay away from that i just would use like a seasoned salt if I want to grill direct. But I'm going to give you another option. Yep. You can put the plate setter in, cook indirect,
but don't be afraid to run the temp up. Load it up with charcoal. I cook at 550 indirect. That plate setter is not going to break. You can get that thing as hot as you want. It's not going to be a problem. Get the thing 550 indirect and cook that chicken and watch what happens. It'll get crispy skin off bubbly kind of charred up skin without the fire ever getting near the chicken. You know, my initial thought when I was reading the question was, well, you know, maybe he doesn't have the skill of fire management with this cooker yet because, you know, that thing can get rocket hot in just a matter of, you know, 10, 15 minutes if you have the vents open uh, properly or improperly, depending on what your taste is. And then I was like, well, you know, thighs are inherently a lot more fattier than, you know, pretty much any other part of the chicken. So, you know, if he's not accounting for the fact that as the cook goes on, there's fat rendering out of the thigh, and as soon as you open that up, uh, or even if you're cooking hot enough, I mean, you have more propensity to flare when you have uh, thighs. So if you're not careful, you could have some black skin on that. That's why they taste so good, because they're all fat. <laughs> but you're right, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ray Lampy joining us here on the show, the Ask Dr. Barbecue segment. Ray, what's uh, what's going on this weekend? Any more uh, cook-offs before kickoffs? Yeah, man, I had to go straight from Las Vegas to Columbia, South Carolina. That's <laughs> where I am right now. And we're fighting with the hotel. My uh, my coworker Beth is locked out of her room. The battery's dead in the lock in her door, and she can't get in her room. And they we're in the middle of a whole thing going on here. Well, hopefully that gets worked out, and uh, you can find uh, information about cookoff before cookoff. If I'm wrong, uh, correct me, Ray, but it's cookoffbeforekickoff.com, right? Yep. And yeah, there's all kinds of info there, like a hundred recipes, and. And, are, and you can enter that contest where you can win a trip to Pasadena for the BCS championship game. Yep, sounds like a hell of a lot of fun if you get to win that. Uh, it's Ray Lampy, drbbq.com is his website. And if you have some questions uh, that you would like to ask Ray during this segment that we do each and every Wednesday, it's askdrbbq.com. I would have to imagine, Ray, that next week there might be some Thanksgiving-themed questions as that date is uh, easily coming to our grasp. Oh man, I might be uh, I might be into the wine on Wednesday. Night. I'm going to be at some friends' house down in uh, in South Florida. Oh, could be an entertaining show. All right. Well, we'll look forward to that. Uh, Ray, always appreciate the time, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care, Greg. All right, you. there he is, Ray Lampy, Doctor Barbecue, drbbq.com. Ask drbbq.com if you are so inclined to uh, jump in on the show and ask Ray a question or. You know, you can ask. I mean, you can always ask me a question too. I mean, I have opinions. It doesn't mean that my opinion is correct. No, not at all. All right, uh, my next guest was also at the World Food Championship this past weekend. But unlike Ray Lampy, who was judging, this guy was trying to win the whole damn thing, and wouldn't you know it, he was able to do just that. Here to recap it is the pitmaster of Porky McBeef. And the Cluckers, and first-time guest to this show, Dave Elliott, uh, joining me here on the show. And uh, i got to tell you right now, folks, he's not on the line. My ear was just, my producer was telling me that he wasn't, he wasn't on the air. Uh, I'm sure he'll pick up this time. That's fine. I'll get my, uh, I'll get, there's, there's Dave Elliott right there. That is not the trophy that he won at the World Food Championships, I can tell you that. Uh, let's welcome Dave Elliott to the show. Dave, how are you, buddy? Good. How you doing, Greg? Doing absolutely fabulous, Dave. Appreciate you making time tonight and uh, recounting and rehashing a little bit of the fun that happened this past weekend at the World Food Championships. Um, I guess before we get into that, uh, you know, you're a barbecue guy, you're a competition team. Maybe a little background about you, how you got into, you know, barbecue, 
I guess just in general, is it something you kind of grew up around? And, and then when did you make that leap into the competition scene? Uh, you know, living in Kansas City, you know, I've been around barbecue a long time. Um, I never really started smoking uh, on my own up until probably, I don't know, five, six years ago when I got my first smoker. And, uh, you know, about a year after that, um, you know, first season of Fit Masters came on TV and we started watching it and got hooked on it. And it's like, you know, my wife and I were talking about it. It's like, you know, that looks like fun. We got to try that. And uh, so we talked to him and uh, heard, started you know, researching online and everything. And uh, next thing we know, we're doing our first contest. We've been hooked ever since. So uh, you, it is fair to say that the Pitmasters TV show spiked an interest and got you excited to look a little bit more or look a little further into this thing. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, you know, living in Kansas City, you know, we've got the Royal, you know, and the Great Alexa Barbecue Paddle every year, which everyone here in town knows about. Yeah. You know, and I knew about those as well. Um, but competition barbecue itself didn't know anything about. You know, didn't know anything about it. So watching that first season kind of, you know, got a little glimpse of the kind of what goes on, you know, a little bit at a contest. And uh, we just thought it looked like a lot of fun and started doing research and, uh, you know, off it went. Dave Elliott joining me here on the show from Porky McBeef and the Cluckers website, PorkyMcBeef.com. It's uh, spelled just like it sounds. Dave, endlessly I am fascinated when I talk to teams about how the hell people came up with names. Uh, Porky McBeef and the Cluckers. I mean, side note, one of the greatest names ever. I think it's a toss-up between that and Rub One Out Barbecue currently. Uh, how do you come up with Porky yeah. McBeef and the Cluckers? Well, you know, once we decided in our first contest, you know, we knew we had to come up with a name. And we were, I remember we were just sitting on the couch, and my wife, I think, was working on her laptop. And, and I'm just trying to come up with stuff, and everything was just pretty stupid. And uh, <laughs> it's a little worse than what we picked. And this was in Porky McBeef and the Clockers was the first thing she didn't say no to. So that's what we went with. And it was just one of those things that popped in your mind? Well, pretty much. You know, I was trying to think, you know, incorporate, you know, the meat. And I came up, you know, I first thought of Porky McBeef. And then, okay, it's like, well, there's pork and beef. And right. then chicken. They're like, Clockers, Porky McBeef and the Clockers. It's kind of just like that. And then she started giggling and didn't say no. So that's what I went with. <laughs> And so a name is born, Porky McBeef and the Cluckers. Exactly. Uh, Dave Elliott joining me here on the show. Uh, all right, Dave, so let's go ahead and uh, recap a little bit your time at the World Food Championships this past weekend. Uh, I guess in general, you know, how did you find the weekend uh, from a competitor's perspective? Did you find it well run? Was it a tad disjointed? You know, how did you see it in that operational perspective? Um, you know, that was my first experience in a contest, um, you know, that size, you know, with TV involved. Um, you know, we, we had a great time as experience. I mean, other than winning, I mean, experience we'll never forget. Um, I thought from our end, you know, I thought it was ran pretty well. Granted, you know, TV causes a lot of delays, sitting around waiting and waiting and waiting. Um, you know, but other than that, you know, from our perspective, um, you know, it went, went pretty smooth. You know, we didn't have any power issues like I heard some people having, uh, you know, with the equipment. Um, you know, nothing, nothing really major to speak of, you know, on our end. You, um, overall, I thought it went pretty well. If you had your druthers, Dave, would you remove the the TV portion of it? I mean, obviously, you know, Mike McLeod has a business to run, and he's he's looking to really take this thing sure. to a whole new level. But you know, backing that aspect of it out, would you prefer not to see the the TV stuff in there and and have it be more of a contest for contest? 
Um, you know, I, I wasn't. Th- we, we were not there last year when they did it without the TV. So, you know, I'm not sure what the differences were and how it was run. Um, I think, you know, since this is the first year having TV involved in it, yeah, there's going to be probably hiccups and, you know, just, you know, learning, you know, because it's so, you know, something so new to the event. Um, I would hope next year that it would get better. As to whether I, you know, would have TV there or not, you know, it doesn't really matter to me. I mean, it was interesting just because I've never been involved with that before. So it was kind of neat to see, you know, that happen in the background instead of just watching it on TV. Dave, what sections were you competing in? Um, and, and was this your, uh, or, and the, what was the road to the, the final table for you? Um, from the beginning, we qualified for the, for the WFC at uh, an event in Omaha Labor Day weekend. It was a September Fest uh, ribeye steak cook-off challenge or something like that. And we uh, entered the dessert category there, and uh, we're fortunate enough to win, um, which, you know, always excited about winning a category. And about a month later, I get an email from the WFC saying, hey, congratulations on winning um, dessert category at the contest in Omaha. You're officially invited to participate in WFC in Vegas in November. I'm oh. like, well, holy crap, sweet. Yeah. You know, I had no idea. It was a qualifier, and it was just kind of like a little bonus. It's like, oh, crap, you know, I might be going to Vegas. When you, um, when you, got, the, when you got the invite, were you like, yeah, I'm definitely going to do it, or was that just kind of like, uh, I'll think about it when it gets closer? Well, you know, I, I definitely wanted to do it, but was a little kind of unsure because just, just logistically, you know, my wife was just starting a new job. We have a 15-month-old son. I Ooh. just, you know, wasn't sure if we're going to be able to make that work. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a lot of stuff going on. And at first I kind of was thinking, well, you know, I just probably won't be able to make it just with everything happening around home. You know, just, you know, maybe next time, you know. But then, you know, we were at a dinner one night, started talking about it, and she's like, I think you should go ahead and do it. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'll book the flights. And just um, just that yeah. easy, you're off and okay. running, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, technically speaking, a barbecue team is not going to the World Food Championships to take part in the in the barbecue portion of it. This is uh, this is the dessert win in prior, and and so you're going to be at the dessert portion. Yeah, that, yeah, that's right. You know, I'm, I'm a barbecue team qualified in dessert only. Um, and that's, yeah, that's how I got in. It's kind of strange, but there are actually a couple other barbecue teams there that made the top 10 also in the dessert category. So we all thought that was pretty cool. As far as the dessert gauntlet that you had to run last week to get to that final table, uh, you know, we heard a little mm-hmm. bit earlier from Ray Lampy, and then last night uh, George Shore from Pitmaker was on kind of giving us his run of, you know, where they had to go to get there. What was it like for the dessert side? Uh, for the dessert side, um, I think like most categories, we everyone had to do a signature dish, you know, whatever we wanted. It did not have to be what we qualified with. Um, I, I, I did make what I qualified with, which was a peanut butter pie. Um, it's a frozen dish, and being that we only had 90 minutes to make it and no freezer or refrigerator, presented some issues. Um, but, you know, kind of worked through that. And then uh, every other team also had to make uh, a second dish, which was cookies. So that's what we had to do in the first round. And we got seventh. We made the top ten with that with those two, with seventh place. Um, and then that qualified us for the dessert finals, which was going to be on Saturday. 
Um, you know, you know, we had, I never planned, you know, I'm even making it out of the first round. Um, I ended up having to change our flights twice to come home. Um, you know, we never planned on it after Thursday, you know, I brought a cooler down to, uh, to, to do with the peanut butter pie. Cause I had to use dry ice to freeze it. And so after Thursday night, you know, we threw everything away. Uh, we, you know, we hardly kept anything. So here we are, you know, making it, um, moving on to Saturday to compete in the dessert finals. You know, after changing flights and, uh, you know, getting my hotel room back for Saturday night, you know, I had to go back and buy everything. And, uh, and we, we, um, we had my mom bring a recipe of hers for the, you know, just in case we actually got out of the initial round. Uh, we knew we were going to have to use dole packaged fruit of some sort. So my wife suggested, it's like, you know, you ought to have your mom bring, you know, the carrot cake recipe, you know, because it's a killer carrot cake and it uses uh, crushed pineapple, you know, which is a dole, you know, dole makes that product. So, okay, cool. You know, just in case the off chance we're lucky enough to make it in the top 10, you know, we'll be covered, you know, just cover our butts. And then we ended up, you know, making the top 10. So we had two hours on Saturday to make the carrot cake. Um, could have used probably another two hours, really. Um, what does issues with making cakes and letting it cool and I sit and chill it and whatnot. Um, but uh, to our complete and utter amazement, even to this moment, um, we managed to get second place in dessert, which just looking, you know, being up on stage and uh, looking down at my mom, who was down here in the front, we're just like, oh, my God, can you believe this? We're, you know we're in the top two so far in dessert. And I mean, just could not believe it. I mean, just stoned even to this moment. And, uh, they ended up calling us for second place, um, in the dessert category, which I was completely, you know, happy with, you know, if I, you know, going home after that, I, you know, I've been fine. Um, and then I find out probably 10 minutes later, uh, backstage that the category winner, she uh, was refusing to compete on a Sunday. What? Due to her, due to her religious beliefs, oh, she no. would not compete on a Sunday. You know, we were standing up there, just the two of us, and of course, you know, TV kind of draws it out, you know, <laughs> with all that suspense. And we're standing there, and I'm just kind of like, holy crap, I can't believe this. I'm, I'm going to be first or second dessert, you know, holy shit, you know, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> and she kind of leans over to me, and she's like, uh... And she said, um, you know, you're going to compete tomorrow. And I kind of look back, and I'm like, what the hell are you think? You know, what are you thinking? I'm not competing tomorrow. And you're like, I'm not going to make it. You know, I'm just thinking, it's like, there's no way in hell. I'm a barbecue guy. I'm not a dessert guy. I'm not going to win the World Dessert Championship. <laughs> and, you know, she ended up winning. And, you know, she had very strong religious beliefs. And that uh, she will not compete on a Sunday. So she... Dave, you know, Dave, can I interrupt you just for said, can I interrupt just for a second? Yeah, go for are, it. Are you under the firm impression prior to you even showing up and booking flights and and spending your own money to get there that there is a potential that if you do really well that you're going to be competing on a Sunday? That was my understanding. Yeah, according to the schedule everybody had, the finals oh. were on Sunday. Oh my lord! So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I you know, got to respect her, you know, her, her beliefs, you know, I mean, she stood by her convictions and sure. can't fault her for that. But, you know, I mean, she gave up a chance of $50,000 yes. and luckily for us, you know, she did. Yeah, right. 
So, but yeah, they told me backstage, you know, uh, Mike McLeod said, uh, you know, you might be, you might be competing tomorrow. It's like, I gave her 10 minutes to the side, you know, just hang on for a minute. And I was like, Oh God. Oh, like, Oh God, I don't know if I want to do this. You know, I'm just thinking, Oh crap, I'm going to be up there. You know, the judges are going to rip me apart. You know, I'm just like, Oh crap. And it's like, I had to change my flight again because we're supposed to go home. And, you know, I had to go buy everything again because after Saturday we threw most of it away, you know, just assuming we weren't going to make it. And then, you know, Mike McLeod comes back and it's like, okay, you're competing tomorrow. So I was like, oh, shit. Wow. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, here we go again. The, the drama is uh, building better than TV could possibly make it. You got a lady backing out because of religious beliefs. You've changed your flight twice already, and now you're uh, going to be cooking again for the finals. I mean, this is, uh, this is stuff probably the TV is absolutely going gaga over because they didn't even have to stage it. Right, exactly. Yeah, uh, truth is stranger than fiction. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're talking with Dave Elliott from Porky McBeef and the Cluckers. Um, Dave, as I just mentioned, I had uh, Pitmaker on last night uh, to get their mm-hmm. take on the event. And, uh, you know, Dave, obviously, as we've mentioned, you're a barbecue guy. But, you know, when you get to the finals and, and the tables and, and all the categories, everybody's up there, and then they start eliminating, you know, this one, this one, this one. You know, so it's, it's burgers, it's you. It's a barbecue. So, you know, looking at it from a, a perspective of coolness, uh, the three guys that are up there, you know, I hate to say it. Hey, guess what? They're all barbecue guys down at heart, right? I mean, yeah. you, the, the burger guy, and the 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 burgers, dessert, and uh, barbecue. I mean, this is great stuff. When burgers gets told to beat it, and it's you and Pitmaker, are you at all pooping yourself a little bit thinking, how is carrot cake going to beat brisket? <laughs> well, yeah, I wasn't pooping myself or even prairie dogging it yet. But, you know, <laughs> I just, <laughs> I was just like, you know, when is this going to end? You know, I, was, I mean, I just, in my mind, it's just, you know, holy crap. You know, I was like, I cannot believe it. It's just so surreal. I mean, the whole experience. I expected, well, as I've told you about changing my flights, I never expected to get it out of Thursday. And then once it got to, you know, then we went into the finals, I'm like, well, I'm first one out. You know, I'm against all these, you know, these six world champions and, you know, in their second categories, I'm first one out. And I'm happy with that. I mean, I'm, you know, it's experience of a lifetime. I'm thrilled as hell to even make it that far. I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't have cared less if I got seventh. You know, it would have been a little bit more cash to pay off the trip and, you know, it would have been great. That would have been fine. But then, you know, they start calling them off, you know, one by one. And then it's like, holy shit, there's three of us left. And, you know, I pointed out to uh, to Wade from Second City Smoke, the burger champion, and then Victor from Pitmaker. It's like, hey, you know, we're all barbecue guys, man. It's all good. I don't care where I finish. You know, and Mike McLeod was thrilled about that, too, that the final three were all, you know, barbecue. Um. But yeah, once it got down to you know me and Victor, and it's just like you know, kind of looking. It's like, all right, man, just us. Here we go. You know, and it felt like we were standing there forever. You know, Jeffrey thought, I don't know if they were telling him, okay, wait five more seconds. Okay, well, no, ten more seconds. You know, it just seemed like an eternity. We were standing there, and then they called, and I was like, holy shit. Yeah, I might have pretty ducked then, but yeah, for sure. It was, you know, <laughs> it, it just insane. You know, absolutely insane. I mean, life hasn't been the same since. Let me play devil's advocate here just for a second, uh, Dave. George mentioned last night when I had him on that there was uh, quite a bit of time that transpired from when they had turned their final product in Mm -hmm. 
to be judged and then when it actually got tasted. Do you think the outcome might have been a little bit different if you would have been able to judge it like off the cooker versus having the meat sit there uh, for a little bit? Because, you know, if we're being honest, uh, the last time I checked, carrot cake tastes best at room temperature, and I love <laughs> carrot cake. But when you get barbecue yeah. sitting around for a while, and I know a lot of competition guys, probably like yourself, you know, when you're honing those flavor profiles for competition, you probably taste, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes after the fact. But when it sits out maybe a little bit longer than that, it might start to lose anything. Do you think that might have worked against them a little bit? And if it would have been, you know, hot, there could have been a different outcome? Um, that, I mean, that's a good possibility. I mean, I know like with my brisket, my slice of brisket, and it sits on a plate, for 10, 15 minutes, it starts drying up, yep. you know, tightens up. Um, so I I don't doubt that it probably did affect, you know, Victor and Fitmaker and probably everybody else too to some extent, you know, the burger. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't doubt it. I think in that regard, it didn't hurt us, I don't think. Um, it may not may or may not have helped us in sitting out, but it definitely did not hurt us where I think it, Quite possibly could have hurt, you know, everybody else because it was probably, I mean, the, the time factor was kind of a blur, um, but yeah, it was probably at least an hour, you know, maybe even an hour and a half. Everything sat out, and we were sitting up there, and we could see all the food on the back of the stage, you know, and some of us were kind of commenting, "It's like, good God, when are they going to start this? I mean, everything's <laughs> going to be cold, you know, the brisket's going to tighten up. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just what happens, you know, and uh, you know, and we're just so busy." doing various things, you know, that time I never thought about the possibility of food sitting out there for an hour. I mean, I should have, but, you know, I mean, I just, I never, it never crossed my mind. And, you know, I may not cross anybody else's mind either, just being so wrapped up in what we were doing, trying to get everything done, you know, by the, um, by the turning times. If I know we're like only a few days removed from this deal, um, any plans to defend in 2014? Um, We'll probably go back. Uh, I think it was Monday. My wife said she's already making plans about next year, so <laughs> we'll we'll probably go back in some you know some capacity. I assume, but uh, it's a little early to tell you know for sure. But I would I would guess we probably will. Uh, are you guys It'd be hard not to actually? Oh yeah, I would imagine. Uh, are you guys uh, done for uh, barbecue competition season this year? Yeah, we did our last one uh, in Parsons, Kansas, uh, late October, or if, you know, third week of October. Or so, so yeah, we're done for the year. We'll probably start up again, um, maybe late March, early April. And in the meantime, you will uh, use the now title reigning World Food Championship <laughs> Grand Champion all the year. Uh, Dave Elliott is the pitmaster of Porky McBeef and the Cluckers. Again, the uh, World Food Championships grand champ overall. Dave, really appreciate the time tonight. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks, Ray. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, you got it. There he is. Dave Elliott, Porky McBeef, and the Cluckers. Well, hey, I think that boy done right. I think he did. You know he did. You especially. Maybe not you. You. All right, uh, let's go all the way back to the top of the hour. We had Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue. He was breaking down the World Food Championships for us. Uh, the judge's perspective, a lot of things that happened there with him. And, uh, you know, run into Ray. You're bound to have a good time. And he went from Las Vegas to South Carolina like in two days. Crazy. Also, big thanks to Dave Elliott, Porky McBeef, and the Cluckers. 
the winner of the World Food Championships this past weekend. The overall winner cashing $50,000 if you need them. Uh, we'll be back next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with a jam-packed show of uh, succulents and frivolity. Uh, September 11, 2001, I will never forget until we see you back here next Tuesday at 9 p.m. This is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now. <laughs>